Parishes and families are finding new ways to worship and participate in Mass. How are you managing? And how are our priests and parishes coping? Will Holy Week go on as normal? And how do we handle the sacrament of the sick? All these topics and more coming up next. Welcome to A View from the Top with Bishop Gregory Parks, Bishop of the Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is a candid and hopeful conversation on current events that affect our church, our community, and our country. Now, here's Bishop Parks and the General Manager of Spirit FM, John Morris. Greetings, Bishop. It's good to see you. John, uh, always good to be with you, and particularly during these uncertain and unusual days. Oftentimes, we'll open our program up with what's going on good in the life of Bishop Parks. And in these uncertain times, I know there's some good out of it. There sure is, John. You know, I'm a very hopeful person and a very positive person. So even in the the midst of difficulty, I can always find something good. And uh, this past Sunday morning, of course, was very different for our listeners and for for Catholics here in the United States as masses have been suspended at our parishes. The good for me was that on Sunday morning, I was able to actually listen and tune into some of the live streaming masses that took place throughout our diocese. And I could listen to some of our priest's homilies. You know, I don't usually get to hear them preach. I hear how good they are, but I don't usually get to hear them myself because when I show up somewhere for a mass, the bishop preaches. But I have to say it was inspiring to me to hear the words of our priests to their people. And this is something that's new for them, you know, a whole new reality for them as well. But the priests of our diocese and our deacons are are still delivering the good news to our people. And I think that's something very positive and good. Absolutely. And it's important, I think, that you're out there on social media, even though you may not be directly at the churches and so forth. They're connecting with you. And I've seen a lot of comments, people that are really maybe at one time They didn't take it for granted, but you get into this situation now, the Eucharist physically is not there for them anymore. And people are writing that I was in tears, and the Mass meant even more to me because I was was able to watch it, but I couldn't be there, and, and there was something missing for them. And I think that that really brings up the importance of why we as a community need to come together. Yeah, you you couldn't be more correct on that. And I'll just share with you and and with our listeners, you know, for me, I've been a, a bishop now for eight years. The decision to suspend masses, public masses here in our diocese was, I think, without doubt, the toughest decision, the most difficult decision that I've had to make as a bishop, because I realize what that means. The Eucharist is the the source, it's the, the summit, the center of our lives as Catholics, of our faith life. And to not be able to receive the body and blood of our Lord is a great sacrifice. You know, during Lent, we're asked to make sacrifices as part of our Lenten practice. Well, this is certainly a huge sacrifice for all of our faithful who are not able to receive the Eucharist at this time. So I want to assure everyone that I made that decision after very, very serious uh, prayer and discernment, consultation with brother bishops uh, here in the state of Florida, and we just came to the realization that it was just the most prudent thing to do for the well-being and for the safety and health of, of our faithful, particularly the most vulnerable among us who are at risk, you know, the elderly and those with health conditions, um, immune system deficiencies, and so forth. So a very, very tough decision. And uh, so I, I do recognize that, and it's not something I take lightly. And as you said, John, I think it helps us maybe to develop a hunger for the Eucharist. 
you know, sometimes when we have something all the time, <laughs> there's a risk that we can take it for granted. And when we don't have it, maybe it develops a greater appreciation within us for that thing, in this case for the Eucharist. So maybe in a strange way, not having the Eucharist for a period of time will only make us more hungry for it and have a greater appreciation that what we receive is is truly special, the body and blood of Christ. I think this whole situation helps spotlight a lot of those things, not only in our churches, but in our society that we take for granted. And oftentimes when we are in dilemmas and situations like this, I remember 9-11 and, or, or during hurricanes and storm recovery, people come to the realization that we're here to help each other, you know, that the, the human spirit comes out. And once you get past that fear, there's a sense of kindness and fraternity to help one another. I would say that that's right on the mark, you know, um, public crises, uh, natural disasters, things like 9-11, they bring out, for the most part, the best in people. We see the best of humanity coming forward. People want to help each other. They want to be there for each other. I hope it makes us a little bit kinder, although maybe if you've been in the grocery stores <laughs> recently, well, even uh, maybe then, you've seen okay. that. But uh, we just need to, to hopefully be patient with each other, recognizing that we are all going through this together, and we need to be there to support one another to, to get through this, which we will do. Can you imagine the, uh, the stress uh, that the employees at our supermarkets and different stores that are still remaining open are under because of the great volume that they're experiencing? Even though some stores have cut back on hours, the employees are still working. Sure. They're working very hard. And um, we just need to be considerate of each other. Look, buy what you need. But, but there's no reason to hoard or to, right. to, um, to stock up beyond what is really necessary. And, and if we do that, there'll be plenty for everyone. Uh, going back to the masses on video, isn't it amazing the technology that has developed? Because 20 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do this. But now we can still bring the mass to people on video and on radio. We sure can, which is a, a great blessing. Of course, we always have the Mass you know, on a regular basis on Spirit FM. Yes. Um, so that's a, a blessing to our diocese here. But, uh, but certainly uh, our parishes are, are really learning how technology can be used to evangelize. And some of our priests are really getting a crash course in live streaming and uh, going on Facebook Live or YouTube Live to, to be able to offer the Mass, to offer words of encouragement to their people. So again, in, in kind of a very strange way, this time of crisis is producing maybe a new period of evangelization. Uh, even after this is over with, maybe we can continue to be able to find creative ways to bring the faith to people, even though we're going back to church I found myself like you. My wife was watching the, the Mass from our parish on her computer. I was on my computer in the same room looking at various Masses around the diocese as well, both on Facebook Live, on YouTube, live streaming, those kind of things. And there are a host of resources on our diocesan website at dosp.org that will give you a list of all the parishes that we know of. You want to check your, your home parish to see what they have on their website, but there are a lot of parishes that are doing that and a lot of resources. 
There sure are. And in fact, you know, at times like this, I think one of the most important things is communication and good communication. People want to know what's going on. And uh, we as a diocese here in St. Petersburg are really striving to keep our people, our faithful, connected to their faith during these difficult days. So as you mentioned, dosp.org is our diocesan website. There's so many resources, ways that you can still remain connected to the faith, to prayer, to the Mass, even during this time when we're not publicly celebrating Mass. I would also encourage our listeners to to check out their parish websites because they also have a lot of information and sometimes more local information than what we're able to provide at, at the diocese website. And things are changing so, so rapidly. Uh, people often use the expression, things change day by day. Uh, with this situation, it seems like it's hour by hour uh, right. that, that things can change. So all the more important to stay connected with our diocesan website, with your parish website, for new opportunities and new information regarding our faith. We've created a, or in the process of finalizing Courageously Praying, a website that you can send your prayers in. Yeah, you know, what does the church do? What can we offer at a time like this? One of the things we're good at, and that's part of our mission, is prayer. We can certainly, no matter what's going on, we can offer prayers for each other. So we're setting up a website that those who have a need for prayer, that they have, if they have specific intentions that they want us to pray for, that we can lift those intentions up in prayer for them and assure them that there is somebody who cares about them and to support them and walk with them on their spiritual journey. People have asked me, when you post stuff, does Bishop Parks really look at this stuff? Yeah, I, I do, actually. Um, of course, on social media, I do my own posting. My assistant, Father Carl, very often will take pictures uh, if we're out doing a public event. Uh, but I actually do the posting on, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. But other communications that go out, like official statements and things, I do. Either I write them myself or if somebody assists me in the writing of them, I will always review something before it goes out. So on the Courageously Praying website, you'll be praying for the people that send these in. Of course. In my statement where I announced that masses would be suspended, I also said that our priests would continue you know, to, to be celebrating the Mass and that personally that I would be celebrating Mass and praying uh, for the intentions of the faithful of our diocese. So they can certainly have that assurance that, that I'm praying for them. How are we doing confessions and that kind of thing? Well, it's required some creativity, and it goes parish by parish. So uh, one of the things I wanted to be able to do was still to offer the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Uh, Again, we're during the season of Lent, this time of preparation for Easter, which is a penitential season and a time when we would normally go to confession uh, in preparation for Easter. So parishes are using creative means. I've seen some parishes are having what you might call like a a drive-up confession. Some are in the church still, but maybe they've moved to a bigger space instead of a confessional or a reconciliation room, which might be a little bit confining. They've moved the sacrament to a larger space where they can observe proper distancing. Six foot, right. While still allowing people to to be anonymous or, you know, uh, in giving their confession behind the screen, as we would say. 
So, and I've seen all kinds of things around the country. One parish in Miami had uh, uh, priests who were hearing confessions outside. Cars would drive up. There would be a, a cell phone number for them to call. The priest would be right there so they could see the priest. The priest could see them. But they would actually speak over cell phones to be able to communicate without compromising the confidentiality of, of the sacrament. Mm. An interesting concept. It is. It is. Does Rome have any say over any of this kind of thing? No, they not they would never give specific direction with regard to something like that. Um, so it's really more left to a local decision and and whatever our, our pastors and our priests are able to provide to their people. Again, check with your local parish for confession times because some some of the parishes have adjusted their times or the way that they're actually administering the sacrament. I'm one of the ones that would go to one of the communal penance services where there'll be 400 people show up on a given night. We're not doing that now. So so you need to spread it out. Sure. Yeah, we know we're not doing anything that would encourage large gatherings right. that would contradict what, what our public officials and health officials and experts are telling us. So we don't want to contribute to, <laughs> to right. that. But as I said, some of our parishes may be offering additional times for, for the sacrament on an individual basis to make up for the canceling of those large penance services. How about hospital visits? Some parishes are, reside with, with a hospital or a um, maybe a nursing home. Are they able to make visits? Well, as priests, we are making every attempt to satisfy those needs when they arise, particularly if they're at a critical point, somebody in danger of death or close to death. We want to make sure that we can get there to, to administer the sacrament with them or to them. Of course, observing the proper precautions. So I know I've gone to the hospital before even beside the coronavirus situation, somebody might, their immune system might be compromised or they have an illness which is unsafe. You know, you have to put on a gown, you have to put on a mask, you put on gloves to be able to go into the room to minister to that person. But I've asked our priests to, to make every effort to continue to be present to and to give our uh, faithful the grace of that sacrament, particularly if they're close to death. How has your day-to-day changed or has it? A few changes. I'm still coming into the office, to the pastoral center. We're fortunate here in that we're able to observe spacing with one another. We're not working on top of each other. So Mm -hmm. I can still do some work from home, of course. But at this time when we're making a lot of decisions and issuing statements and trying to get information out, I've been really present here at the pastoral center each day. So that hasn't changed much. I'm not really going to the grocery store if I have somebody who's able to assist me with that. Partly just because of my foot situation, I'm trying to continue to use this time to stay off of my feet a little bit, which is a benefit. So that's been a bit unusual as well. How about the economic hit to the parishes? I mean, it's not just the parishes. The, The people are losing jobs every day. Yeah, this is a consequence or a reality of the crisis that we're currently in. People all over our country are are fearful of losing their job or unfortunately have already been laid off or, or furloughed. So we are, as a diocese, have informed our pastors and parishes that we're here to try to help and assist them as much as we can because they still have staff that they have to pay. They still have bills that they have to pay to vendors and utility bills and insurance and things of that nature. So we want to try to help them. 
But above all, John, we as a church want to continue to serve the poor. I mean, that's so much a part of our ministry and our outreach. And during these difficult days, there's even more need for assistance to the poor. So I would just as bishop just very humbly and respectfully ask that based on your personal circumstances, if you're able to continue your support of your parish online through online giving, or if you could mail a contribution or drop it off at the parish office or the church, or in the poor box if your church is open, that you continue to do that so that we can support the the ministry of our church at this time and particularly our outreach to, to those in need. Unlike the Great Depression, World War II, the recession, natural disasters, where people would set up, they'd get a semi-park in the church parking lot and fill it up with whatever it might be. You can't do that today because of the circumstance of the virus. It makes it very difficult, and it's frustrating for people, I think. It does, although I I did see one of our parishes within the last week uh, was able to collect some food. People would just drive by, uh, one of the priests or a deacon or minister would just walk up, and I think they had gloves on, but they would take the bag from the person and to be able to distribute to the poor. So we can still find creative ways of of doing that and still trying to be safe. I I just want to mention, you know, uh, on our diocesan website, uh, again, we have resources for giving if if our listeners do want to continue to support their parishes online they can make a, a donation that way at dosp.org and it'll go directly to their parish the government they have been trying to pass the stimulus package and by the time it's airs they most likely will have does the church receive any government funding we don't other typically. than maybe, maybe a hud Yeah, I mean, some of our ministries on on a more national basis, things like CRS, Catholic Relief Services, or Catholic Charities USA might receive grants from the government. And we take advantage of those while respecting our moral teachings and making sure that we adhere to those because when you accept a grant, sometimes they might ask you to do things that might be in opposition to our teachings, and we would never do that. But yeah, we do take advantage of government programs and funding and grants when they're appropriate and when we can uh, benefit from them. In the the stimulus package, uh, from what I hear, it has mostly to do with trying to assist individuals uh, who may be struggling because of the loss of a job or uh, other circumstances at the moment, uh, as well as some of the companies, maybe small businesses that might be struggling. So let's hope that's the case because these could be very challenging times for many sure, people. Sure. You were a pastor. What's going through the pastor's mind? Well, I think first they want to continue to serve and to minister to their people that they're responsible to, to their flock. Um, that's our, our mission. That's our ministry as priests and deacons is to serve our people and to bring them God's love and his forgiveness and the grace of the sacraments as we're able to do it again during these challenging times. I'm sure they also have concern for the needy and for the poor in their parish community because those things are always there, and again, in an increasing way during this time. And then in a very practical way, I'm sure that many of our pastors are concerned about their finances, as we we just spoke about. Mm -hmm. They still have bills that they have to pay and staff that they have to pay, so they're probably concerned about that. And uh, again, we're trying, at a diocesan level, trying to assist and to help them how we're able to. Yeah. You were in Rome a couple of months ago, and you had, we had uh, two priests and a deacon over there. I spoke with Deacon Josh and Father Ralph about a week ago, 
And then I got word this week that the college closed and they were having to get back to the U.S. How are they getting back? They're actually flying back this week. The North American College, which is our American seminary in Rome, remained open for quite a long time. But just this past few days, they made the decision that they really had to close and to ask the seminarians to return to their home dioceses. Of course, Italy has been hit very, very hard with the coronavirus crisis. And they also had staff that was continuing to come to the seminary from around the city and could pose a risk to the seminary community, as well as, uh, God forbid, something were to happen and the illness were to spread within the seminary community, we didn't want to just con- contribute to the overburdening of the health system in Italy. So I think a prudent decision. So they'll be returning to the U.S. this week. They'll be flying home. And of course, U.S. citizens are still permitted, obviously, okay. to come back into the country. But they will need to uh, to quarantine for two weeks once they arrive. And we've already made arrangements for them to be able to do that. Sure. Holy Week. Uh, we're running out of time, but I want to touch on Holy Week. Will there be a Holy Week here in the diocese at this point as we take? Well, there will be Holy Week, John, and there will be Easter this year. (laughs) Well, that was a question. Uh, Some people posed the question, can Easter be moved? Yeah, and the answer to that is no. It's a fixed date. And uh, Okay, let me jump on that real quick because it moves every year. It does, but the the date itself moves each year, but how it's calculated remains the same. And so that's not going to change. Easter Sunday will be Sunday, uh, April the 12th, I believe, this year, and that's not going to change. Now, the celebration of Easter may be very different. Celebration of the Triduum, in other words, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, will likely be different as well. Been no uh, definitive decisions made yet. I'll be working on that in the coming days, and we'll get that information out to our parishes and and to our people. But yeah, no, it's still Holy Week, and there's ways that we'll be able to celebrate that here in our diocese, even if it's not in the traditional ways that we usually do. Chrism Mass, has that been discussed? I have some thoughts on that. Again, that'll be, since it falls during Holy Week, we'll be uh, in conjunction with those decisions. My thought is to still have it probably at the cathedral, maybe just with a limited number of priests. So maybe just one priest from each deanery in our diocese present, who then can bring the, the oils back to their deanery to distribute to the parishes that they're responsible for. But uh, that's just a thought I had. And of course, that would be live stream so that everyone would still be able to participate by means of the live stream. Is the chrism mass something that I know it's traditionally done during the Holy Week, but could that one be move to later? It could. Now, on that, we did receive some guidance from the congregation in Rome who who let us know that we could postpone or, or move the Chrism Mass to a later date when it could be celebrated in a more public way. That's a possibility. Again, no decision has been made on that here in our diocese. I tend to be leaning, though, to keep it where it is and just to be able to utilize the the media means that we have to allow both our priests as well as uh, the faithful to participate in that. Well, as we close up our program today, you had mentioned the grocers and the stock people and some of the some of those unsung heroes. How about our healthcare? I was going to say physicians and the healthcare workers. There's so many the trucking industry, uh, cargo planes. As we close out, would you lead a prayer for us for those individuals for those educators who have now had to shift and take do online things, things way out of their comfort zone. Sure. So let us pray. 
God, our Father, as always, we thank you and praise you for this day because we know that even in the midst of difficult times, times of crisis, that you are with us, that you are present to us, that you love us. We ask your blessing today upon each of us, and in a special way, ask your blessing upon those who continue to work to serve us in the practicalities, the daily things that we need in our life. Keep them safe, keep them strong, that the work that they do to serve us may be done in safety. We ask your blessing upon all who may be sick or suffering or ill at this time, and upon those who are caring for them. And we just ask that you continue to guide us as a diocese forward as we continue, even in this time, to courageously live the gospel in the ways that we're able to do so. We ask all of these things through Christ our Lord. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. For more with Bishop Parks, including past programs, his social media accounts, and ways to subscribe to this podcast, visit dosp.org slash bishop. A View from the Top is a production of Spirit FM 90.5 and the Communications Office of the Catholic Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is made possible by the annual pastoral appeal and listeners like you. Thank you for your support.